Meet Jade. Jade is a busy professional who is constantly on the go. Jade knows that to look good, feel great, and have the energy to thrive, she needs to live an active and healthy lifestyle, but often feels overwhelmed by all the different advice she receives. Despite Jade's efforts to eat clean and work out, she often feels fatigued because of her busy schedule. A friend comes to her rescue by introducing her to Life Fuel's Daily Essential Shake. Jade finds that it meets the criteria of everything on her list and it doesn't contain soy, dairy, or artificial ingredients, all of which Jade has eliminated from her diet. If you're like Jade and are seeking convenient, effective, all-natural solutions, the Daily Essentials Shake may be exactly what you've been searching for. Formulated to provide you with everything you need to optimize your health so you can get on with life and live your fullest every day. We are getting closer and closer to basketball season each week. And you guys know we love breaking down film and talking about teams and players. But it is so fun when we get an opportunity to have a coach come on the show with us. Today, we have got the head coach of Mojave Accelerated, Coach Scott Neal. His squad is coming off one of the best years in program history with a record of 22-4. and four. Their season ended with a trip to the championship game, and they are preparing for a championship run this upcoming season. Coach Neal, thanks for coming on the show with us, man. We're excited to chop it up a little bit with you. My pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you for having us on. You know, uh, being up here in Northwest Arizona, we don't get a lot of uh, opportunity to be on shows like this. So it's really nice to have us on. Thank you. Of course. And first off, I just got to say this. You are not just the basketball coach over at Mojave, but you are also the golf coach. I'm going to ask you a question, okay, coach? So, And there is a right or wrong answer to this, okay? Sure. Which is more difficult to coach, golf or basketball? Uh, <laughs> I would say golf. <laughs> okay, why would you say that? That's awesome. <laughs> because uh, it's difficult for kids to understand that they're on their own out there. They don't have a team mm. ball to. The, the mental toughness it takes to play golf at a high level is a little different mindset than basketball because you're always um, – you know, leaning on some teammates, but in golf, it's just you and that golf ball. And, and, uh, pretty lonely out there when it's just you and that golf ball. (laughs) And you got some basketball players on your golf team as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got two, uh, two players, uh, Josh Neal and, uh, Tyson Banks both play on the golf team. Actually, I got three. Austin Austin Brusso is also playing. So I got two centers and a forward. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> so uh, is it kind of funny to see them competing in golf opposed to basketball? Just because oh, it's so different. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a it's a hoot because uh, you know they're used to just uh, being very dominant, and when they play basketball and and you know grinding, golf doesn't allow for that. <laughs> right. They can't use their muscles, right? They can't impose their will. So mm. frustrating for them. But it's good for to me. It's a nice change of pace and mental stability, mental toughness for for kids playing golf. And actually, one of the questions uh, that we might get into later, um, we'll talk about some mental toughness and why that's important for our kids coming up. Definitely. Yeah, and you know, it's funny too. I've always heard that golf is the nicest sport to coach. Uh, we had a football coach here at our school years ago and he was coaching golf in the spring. And I was like, why are you coaching golf? And he just said, it's the easiest money I've ever made. I just go out there and play some holes and hang out with the kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, to play golf at a high level and compete for a state title is a completely different animal than basketball. So 
you know, if you look at who's who's there, uh, you'll you know you understand a little bit differently. It's tough to do from a, from in a rural area, but um, totally different type of, of dynamic. That's for sure than basketball. For sure. Well, well, luckily we're not here to just talk about the golf squad. Uh, we're here to talk about some hoops, and and sure. I'm really excited to highlight Mojave Accelerated here at the beginning of the season. Because in my opinion, it's just going to be more fun to see how your group ends their high school career right. together. And, and you guys had a great year last year, 22 and four, one of the best in school history. Your kids got all the way to the championship and lost a tough one to North Valley Christian. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to dig back and pull out some wounds. Maybe I hope that you can talk about it a little bit, but, but sure. take me back to that moment in the locker room after the game. What was it like? After that championship game, how did your coaching staff and your kids respond to that game? Well, the coaching staff and the kids responded completely differently, um, which I was surprised by. The kids were incredibly disappointed. The coaching staff was not. And, you know, I don't like to take uh, moral victories away from games at, at that level. But um, if you turn the clock back to, uh, let's just say, about this time last year, um, we're coming off of a season where we lost five senior starters. Mm. Kids who were returning were bench players for the most part. We really didn't have an idea of what, what we were, how good we could be. And with the COVID delays and potentially at one time, the season was going to be canceled. Um, it was quite a battle just to get to the first game. And when we got to that first game, um, it was Kingman Academy at home. We had never beaten Kingman Academy uh, in our program history. And we won that game the first hmm. year. And so the coaches after the game, um, were very, very thrilled. Of course, the kids were too, but as you roll through the season and get to that final game and you look back at the moment, we lost the title game to really what we accomplished. Uh, the coaches were very, very pleased with a young group of kids doing all of what they uh, did in a, in a very tumultuous year, but the kids took it hard. They did. They, they thought they were going to win that game. They believed they were going to win that game. We, uh, we were up early and, uh, you know, North Valley, uh, is just a, the gold standard in one a, they're very tough to beat. Um, you know, they, they, they have a system in place that is tough. Uh, they have kids in place who run that system. Uh, to a T and I knew going in, it was going to be very difficult to beat that team. They were senior laden. They had lost in the finals the year before, and they were driven to win that title game. And we didn't have a lot of that on our side, right? We were young. We hadn't been there before. And I knew it was going to be a tough game. So, you know, as a coach, yeah, I wanted to win. Of course, you know, it'd been great to have a championship on, on the mantle already, but um, that team right there, they weren't going to lose. They were, they were driven to win and they did. And so um, I feel like now we have the same motivation North Valley did last year, which maybe, you know, even a, a, a more of a, a prodding for our kids to improve. So, you know, I feel like even though the disappointment was tough on us, it, it, it was also a hardener of our team. It can be a hardening effect to make your team a little more resilient. And, you know, coming off of, say, we had won the title, coming off of that, the kids might not have had the summer that they've had so far, you know, working hard to get back to a level that uh, it takes to win it all. So, 
And I feel like those kids all being together for so long, being so close probably helps with a loss like that. It does. It does. Of course, there were tears. A lot of the kids were uh, very sad. Um, by the time we got on the bus, I think it started to subside, but they had each other to lean on. Uh, for the most part, the, the core group of, of seven or eight kids have been together for since Boys and Girls Club. In fact, that was just before this call. I was looking at there's a little medal that I hang up in my office here uh, of uh, the Boys and Girls Club championship that a couple of the kids were on the team in 2014. But they were all in that group and other teams. And I look at that to remind myself where those kids came from. And so they were just fourth or fifth graders at the time. But you could see back then that not only did they uh, play at a pretty good level, but and they didn't all play together. They're all on different teams. But they even after a win or a loss, they were all, you know, hugging or shaking hands or, you know, they were not adversarial kids. And they all ended up being teammates here now heading into their senior year. So. And dealing with losses like that, it makes it easier when you have teammates that you're close with. And that's really what I want to hear more about. That That's so cool cool about that boys and girls club that you can go back and think about you know because they really were just from such a young age but that's really what I want to hear more about because this is a really special group of kids we talked a little bit over the summer and you mentioned that this team is kind of an anomaly for your area so I did some digging and it was so crazy what I found coach like this is this is crazy so before this group of kids came along Mojave accelerated I mean, if we're being honest, they really struggled from a hoop standpoint. Looking back all the way through 2006, Mojave was averaging about nine wins a season. Then in 2018-2019 season, this is this senior group's freshman year, Mojave jumped up to 19 wins, then 21 wins the following season, and 22 this past season with the trip to a championship. What I'm trying to say is that you know, making it to the playoffs, to the championship, wasn't even a thought before this group. And now here we are talking about back-to-back title runs with a veteran team who has averaged 20 wins a season since their freshman year. Like, that is awesome. So so tell us about the history behind these kids playing together and, and what it's been like to watch them grow together on and off the court. So it's interesting you mention that because I was their middle school coach. After, after Boys and Girls Club came about, I jumped into the school's um, staff. I'm a a fire chief officer by trade. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a coach by trade. I I jumped into the school to help coach. Um, And when these kids became middle schoolers, um, I had just gotten out of the Boys and Girls Club League and then saw these kids start to play in their sixth and seventh grade years. And they were just different than any other kids that I had seen in the previous teams that I'd watched at Malk, um, there were just some about them that were, they were winners. And so when they got to be the primary players in middle school through this last year, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but they were something like 75 and eight as a team. Oh my gosh. Their freshman year in JV, their sophomore year in JV, their last, you know, last year, it was some absurd number of wins versus losses. And I remember distinctly when they were eighth graders, I went to the athletic director and I said, I'm, I don't want to play any more charter middle schools. I don't want to play Peach Springs or, 
you know, little, tiny, small middle schools. I want you to put us up against the biggest middle schools in our area. I want to see Mojave's middle school, River Valley's middle school, Kingman, mm. all the middle schools there. I want the hardest schedule you can give us. And we went 15 and one that year as a nice. group. We beat all the schools around us. And that told me that these kids could compete when they got into high school with the better schools, uh, you know, that they were going to go up against. And by gosh, they did. Um, and now you're seeing a culmination of playing difficult school after difficult school over the last three years for them, give them the confidence to know they could play with anybody. So our first game this year is against Lee Williams. They're a four school. Two years ago, they were, or three years ago, they were 14 and four in 4A. We sought that game out as our opening game. We wanted to put the kids on notice, game one, we, that you're going to play some tough teams, big school, tough, tough games early outside of the region games. And so we got these games on the schedule early. And so this group of kids just has a knack for winning. And I, don't, I can't tell you why, because yes, they're talented, but there's a lot of talented kids who don't win. They just play well, right? I and mean, maybe they win and maybe they don't. But there's something about these kids that just refuse to lose games. And that's why they thought they were going to win the championship game last year. They just don't think about losing. So when they do lose, it they take it hard because it doesn't happen often. And so now that they're seniors, I can tell you already the expectation coming into this year is they're going to go undefeated and win the whole thing, right? That's what they think. And that's not the coaches telling them that. That's what they believe. So having that mindset going into this year, we don't have to prod them. Like, hey, you guys, it's time to get going. That Since the last game they played, I don't know you guys how much we uh, want to talk about the summer, but the summer has been very grueling for these kids. We went to Section 7 uh, in Phoenix and played at Cardinal Stadium, and we played all big schools down there, and we split our four games, which – again, tells us that we can compete against big schools. Right. Prior to that, we were in Prescott. And we played in the uh, AZ Prep 365 tournament that George Courtney runs. And um, we played bigger schools there. And we were two and two as well. So, you know, it tells me we got a good chance to compete against these bigger schools, which then when you get into the 1A schedule, you know, you feel like you have a chance to win every single game in your 1A schedule. When you when you start beating three and four eight teams, and that's what these kids believe. You mentioned a little bit with you know these kids they didn't go off to some of those bigger schools and they stayed. I think you're calling it Malk, right? Malk. Malk is the abbreviation for right from Mojave Accelerated. Yeah. yeah okay, gotcha. So, is there anything that you feel like kind of motivated them to all stick together and not branch out to those places or did it just kind of happen by chance well <laughs> i don't i don't know any one sentinel event um, allowed them to stay other than two two things i can point to one is they didn't want to split apart from each other hmm. two is they really liked the school but at the time as you mentioned the school did not have a great track record for athletics in general let alone basketball um, the senior class that, that was in front of these kids um, in practice, I'll be quite frank with you, in practice, when I was coaching the kind of the JV side of the teams, we were beating the varsity in practice. We would beat them, but they would never, our, our JV kids would never get on the floor. Just that senior, junior, senior class didn't happen, right? That's just the way the coaching went back then. 
but we were better than that varsity. And that varsity, as you mentioned, went, um, you know, 19 wins and 21 wins in successive years and made the playoffs both years, which is the first time that Malk had ever made the one, a, um, AIA playoffs. So these kids got to see, they got some, they got some time, but they got to see what it took to get there. And last year was their first year to get in there. Uh, so they, they had a little bit of idea of what, what it took and what it took to win. But they didn't want to split apart because they have a bond that I don't think any other um, people besides us understand. Like they didn't want to go leave and go to a big school just for the sake of going to a big school. So they stayed together. And even though they didn't realize it then, it's paying dividends now. I remember distinctly uh, in eighth grade after the, the year we had in middle school, we had a parents um, sort of a, like a little banquet afterwards. And I, I just, I pleaded with the parents. I said, please try to keep these kids together. These kids are special. And if you keep them together, they're gonna do great things in high school. I don't know if that had any effect on them because I wasn't even sure where I was gonna be after that year. I was gonna help maybe coach a little bit in the high school, but I wasn't sure yet. I just didn't want to see those kids break apart and they didn't. And here we are. So that's wow. so cool. Coach. No, yeah, I love that a lot. And, you know, just kind of speaking a little bit, I, I know you were kind of asking, we're going to talk about the summer. So we actually are. So that was kind of our next question. You kind of pretty much answered it, you know, by taking your teams to like these bigger tournaments to see bigger schools and stuff like that. But what were your plans and what were your thoughts and your coach's thoughts and just like, trying to help your team improve, especially moving into the summer game ready for uh, this upcoming season, upcoming season. Well, I'll tell you the first thing we talked about after we had our sort of our exit meeting and our final end of the year meeting for, for basketball, <clears throat> we talked about getting stronger physically. Yeah. Again, we're, we're, we're starting a group of sophomores and juniors with a couple freshmen sprinkled in. And we went up against a North Valley team that were men. I mean, these kids were strong. They were, they were physically imposing and they had the skill to go with it and the system to go with it. The strength of those kids in many instances is what separated them from us. They just were stronger physically. So we made it at a point that we had to put the kids in a position where they were going to start to get physically stronger. And so we, we got them on a program to eat better which for kids is not easy to do because <laughs> you're telling me I'm, I'm going to be skinny no matter what. Right. <laughs> I'm just picturing our kids walking around with dockies and hot Cheetos. And I'm just yeah. thinking, man, that'd be crazy. Right. So we, 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 these coaches, we said, what do we want to do this summer to try to put them in a position where they have to get stronger. They have to get better and not just play some, you know, small two bit tournaments that, that we might play locally which has been in the summer's past, what we did just to get some games in. So we saw the AZ Prep 365 tournament and, you know, um, George is a small school guy too, and he likes the small school atmosphere. So I think that was a one to four A tournament. And uh, we, we got entered into that. But then this board, this section seven um, idea came up and this is a very cool story, how we even got invited. We're the smallest school in that tournament. At 180 teams. That's so cool, coach. I love that. I know, yeah. So you might ask, how did we get in, right? How did we get into that? So <clears throat> it's a very interesting um, story because the main sponsor of that tournament was Legacy Foundation, which is based down in Scottsdale. 
But the reason the Legacy Foundation exists is a main reason is because about 20 years ago, there was a hospital here in Bullhead City that was owned by the public. It sold and that proceeds along with another hospital sale in Phoenix were joined together to create the Legacy Foundation. It had to be gone, had to go to a charity because it was a publicly owned facility. Well, since the 2014 Boys and Girls Club year, I've always gone to the Legacy Foundations and asked them for donations for our team. I said, look, you know, we got some kids, they come from socioeconomic depressed area, you know, they, they need some help, you know, get some uniforms, maybe some shoes for kids. Yeah. Always given us four or 500 bucks. But they've always also watched us play and they've been very impressed with us. Well, the Legacy Foundation was the gold sponsor for this tournament down in Phoenix. In fact, I think they were the key um, people getting the Phoenix Cardinal Stadium as the venue. That's how big of a deal they were. And one of the ladies that runs the local, um, uh, runs the board is a lady I've been talking to all these years. She was in the meeting where they were voting to fund the tournament. And she says, point of order. How come our team up in Bullhead City isn't invited to this? She didn't hear anyone from our area, even Mojave County. And they're like, <laughs> what about? And he said, well, we have a good team up there. They just went to the state title game, right? And no one had ever heard of us, right? Because these are Phoenix-based people. And she says, I'll tell you what, I am not voting to fund this sponsorship unless you invite Malk. That's awesome. She's looking out. That's and so the tournament one. director's like, who's Malk? <laughs> probably saying milk. yeah yeah right so <laughs> this tournament director calls me and he says hey uh we're thinking about letting you guys in this tournament what type of resume do you have so we talked and i gave him an idea and i'm kind of conveying a lot of the things i am with you guys and he says you know what i like a feel-good story i like a hoosiers type story i want to let you guys in you're in he says hey, wow so here we are, you know, the, I mean, there were some other two-way schools in there like uh, Scottsdale Christian and, you know, Rancho Solano Prep, the, the big guns of two-way, but no 1A teams except for us. And I said, I don't care who you put a, a, us up against. We'll compete with anybody. And so our first game was against Glendale High School, basically the unofficial host, right? Because it was in Glendale. Yeah. So they had all the fans there and we had a couple of people, you know, and we ended up beating them. So you know, we, we played uh, two 4A teams, a 5A team, and a 6A team. And splitting the two, the four games to us was a big win. And the other two games were very close. They're within six, seven points, a couple baskets. So we were able to hold, hold with that, all those teams, you know. So yeah. that was our summer. But leading up to that, we had the kids in a mindset that you're not going to go down and play in Section 7 against – you know, matter day or Seattle prep or, you know, these type of teams and think you're going to compete against these guys if you're out of shape and not strong. So the kids diet got better. They started to work out, got in great physical condition and lo and behold, we competed. And, and we were very, very happy coming away with, you know, in a venue like that with uh, 12 courts, you know, in a, in a football stadium, which is very different for us. Uh, held our own and, and split the two games. In fact, it got us invited to the Border League Section 7 tournament in Vegas, which is in two weeks or three weeks now. So of the 180 teams that went to Section 7 in Phoenix, 
half of them got a personal invitation to come back and play in Vegas, and we were one of them. So, wow. That- well, that's, I mean, coach, that's awesome. Like, just, you know, that's great for your kids. That's so, yeah. I mean, that's great. I mean, it's kind of interesting to see like how you were actually able to get those kids to like, actually buy in to the program because it's not easy getting these high school kids, you know, let alone just to lift weights just on their own time or just like during the school just to get better. I mean, it sounds nice, but you know, the truth and the reality is a lot of kids just won't for whatever reason, just lack the strength. So, I mean, that was pretty cool that you were able to put that program together, but with that being said, and you know, the whole summer section seven, the the AZ prep three, six, five tournament, all that other stuff you guys went to and stuff. uh, What kids did you feel like really got better this summer? That's a great question because they're all getting better, but I'll point out two and two and uh, specifically that I think have done a tremendous job in changing their body type and they're going to see a, a big payoff. One of them is Steven Lopez. Steven Lopez is one of our twins. We have a twins team, Steven and Ramon Lopez. And uh, Steven probably dropped somewhere around 25 to 30 pounds. He was a bit, uh, I don't know, a little bit soft, if you will. Uh, from his body type and he made it a point to get strong and lean and it showed in fact he plays football and he caught a pass on Friday and he took it about 65 yards and no one caught him like who's that (laughs) that's Steven you know (laughs) that would never happen last year yeah so he his he's basically one of our either a backup point guard or shooting guard depending on our rotation he's one of our main guys and then the, and so he's a senior coming up and I'm glad to see that he took it to heart. Um, the other kid is Tyson Banks. So our big center, six foot six kid, um, he's kind of growing into that, that frame of his. And uh, his dad is my assistant coach, Ty Banks. And his dad played division one basketball. In fact, his dad was recruited by um, Dale Brown of LSU when Shaq was there. That's Oh, that's- oh wow. I never played at LSU for various reasons that we don't have to get into here, but that's the type of talent that his dad was. And so, and he was about six, seven as well. So Tyson, his son uh, was a sophomore, now a junior and it, you know, bigs take a while to develop. I've always heard that. I get that. And they, they take a little bit longer than guards and forwards and Tyson made it a, a point to drop some weight himself. He was about 215, 220. He's probably about 212, 210 right now. And probably going to get down close to 200 by the time we start the the season because he's also playing football. Those two kids have made tremendous changes in their body, which makes them quicker, which will make them faster and more with more stamina and their muscle mass is going to get bigger. Mm. To me, those are going to be some important cogs in our, in our lineup this year that, Quite frankly, those two kids were not huge impact players on our team. They, they chipped in. They had good games here and there. They weren't consistent, though. You know, and it's because they were not always able to go a full four quarters. You know, yeah. so if we're able to get two or three more kids in the mix with the kids that we already have going, you know, in fifth year, uh, it's going to be very difficult to match up against us. You kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast, actually, you know, you notice that you you guys have a season opener against Lee Williams, which is actually November 29th. Right. And you also have some tough games after that. Obviously, you all have a championship on the mind. But finish the statement for me, please. In order for Mac to win the championship, we need to improve our mental toughness. Mm-hmm. 
period. Uh, physically, we have the physical ability. What I thought was the downfall of our team in the state finals game was our ability to sit, stay on script. When it got a little tough, when it got a little, we weren't be, used to being behind all year. Like the final four game was the first game in the entire season we were down at halftime. Mm -hmm. So that game was very difficult for our kids to make adjustments because they weren't used to being down. And we were down, I think, nine at halftime. So mentally, in the second half, we just could not get back on the script. We talk about what we had to do to get back in it, you know, staying within the framework of our offense and defense, and we just couldn't get there. And I have not watched the game since the, the, the whistle blew to, to end it. I probably will with our assistants. Uh, we'll probably sit down and watch it and, and see where we were uh, from a neutral third party, you know, three months later, four months later. But um, I can just remember distinctly talking to coaches at half or at halftime and in timeouts. We're off script. We are, I mean, we allow the kids freedom to do things that, uh, you know, use their creativity and their athleticism but it's not a free for all in our offense. We have a very unique offense that we run. Um, it's, it's a model of the Jayhawk, the Kansas Jayhawk offense, it's called Jayhawk. And uh, we just couldn't stay in it. And I don't know why. Um, so this year we are gonna be more diligent in creating game situations that mimic state title type pressure and atmosphere if we can. Um, by, you know, right away, Lee Williams, that's going to be a game that's going to give us a, they're big, tough kids. I mean, we've seen them there for our kids to stay on script more. I think those type of games. So mental toughness is a big one for us. I like that. coach. I, do. I agree. And coach, you returned one of the best scoring trios in Arizona, small ball and Honiger, Neil and Leslie. How do you feel? I didn't even realize this, but altogether, I think they account for like 50 points together, which is crazy. How do you feel like they work together and complement each other on the court? Well, I'll tell you the reason they're able to do it because there's only one basketball is right. all three of them do it in different ways. So Aiden Honiger is a pure scorer, three point shooter, ball Hawk. He gets a lot of transition baskets and he's fast. Okay. So he gets his points either deep, or at the, at the rim in, in transition. Um, Josh, if, if there was a, an NBA player that I thought Josh mimicked, it's Dennis Rodman. Hmm. Dennis, Dennis Rodman, we're from Detroit area. That's where we moved here from back about 10 years ago. And growing up watching the Pistons, Josh brings that junkyard dog mentality to our team. He does all the dirty work. He rebounds. He puts back other people's misses. He, he can step out and hit a three once in a while. He can step and hit a mid-range, but that's not his game. Um, he's a paint player, and he gets a lot of baskets in, also in transition, but also from his own misses and other people's misses. So he cleans up a lot of that. I was Luke, reading up about him, and it, it yeah. said that he holds the record for rebounding over at Mojave, which is pretty cool. He is. He's a, he is the school record holder for career rebounds and rebounds in the game he tied the, the previous rebound uh, guy so he he may be if he has a good year he may be the first player in school history to ever have a thousand point thousand rebound career oh that's awesome that's cool. so he's he's uh, an average year away from achieving both of those his brother holds the point record at about a thousand and ninety 
And Josh is about, I think he's at about 850 points right now. So he'll, he'll clip him most likely, uh, which is going to cause anxiety in our house at, when that happens. Lucas Leslie is um, a very unique player. He's a, he's a kid who's growing taller and taller every year. It seems like he has another inch on his frame. Lucas is a mid-range or pop-out guy who will hit an open shot, um, but he'll mix it up in the paint too once in a while. So he kind of can go in all three zones. He can go deep, he can go under the basket, and he can go mid-range. So he has an array where the other two more have their, their spots. Lucas can get it done in, in a multitude of different ways. And having those three kids on the floor at the same time, very tough, tough to, to guard when they're playing well. Um, they didn't have nece necessarily great finals games. I think Aiden and Lucas both were well below their averages. Josh was about right at his average. We need those kids to have their averages or better in big games like that, or, or we're going to struggle, you know? So, um, but they coexist because not only do they are compatible socially and they, they get along, but they don't share the same basketball in the same place. So, they don't fight for it when it's in the spot they like. Are they three that have been playing together for a really long time? They have. Like on the same team? Like, is that one of those you're talking about for seven years? Well, um, they, yes. Yeah, Aiden, Lucas, and Josh have been, along with the twins, those five, were our core kids that the record I threw out earlier, 75 and eight or something over since their seventh grade year or eighth grade year. Lucas was a seventh grader that year, but a, a big contributor. He was a starter in that middle school team. And as they've gotten older, they basically, that core group has played together in the JV side and now on varsity. So yeah, that's the core group. That's cool, man. Man, that's awesome. And just kind of like trying to backtrack a little bit and just kind of like how excited you keep bringing Lee Williams. Are, are there any other games on your schedule that you're particularly excited about? Well, of course, uh, we're back in the same region as North Valley Christian. We were not in the same region last year, so we didn't see them until that final game. We're back in. Uh, your region's huge, Coach. What's that? There's a ton of teams in your region, Coach. Yeah, 10. <laughs> That's 10. a lot. Yes, Um so we got to play them all at least once. Uh, the, the good news is we do get to see North Valley in the regular season this year. And of course, that's going to be a game that we want to play well in. It's going to be our final game of the year or the regular season. And it just as luck would have it, um, our school many years ago was slated to host the regional tournament this year. So uh, I think the, the AIA is going back to regional tournaments for region championships, not regular season record. And so, uh, although the regular season games are important, of course, we're, we're really going to be um, geared up to, to, to win another region title and, of course, get to good seating for the state playoffs. But, of course, North Valley is always a good game. I, I told their coach before the state championship game, and I've tried to pattern myself off of his model, which is play tough games in the regular season, battle test your kids, and then make your run. I told him he's the gold standard. He's the team that I looked at to try to mimic uh, schedule wise. And that's why you see us playing dip more difficult teams. And he is a, the guy that I admired um, for the years that I've seen him in high school coaching because they're all business. When it comes to big games, they're all business. They don't lose big games. 
Um, I mean, they only lost one game last year to Rancho Solano Prep, who's who's just a dominant two A team. They only lost by one point, so mm. they ran the table after that. That's what we need to do this year: is be like them. And you know, if you want to be the best, you have to uh, beat them. A, they're right now they're the reigning title holders, and they are until someone knocks them off. So of course we're going to get up for that game. Um, we're trying to get a game with Benson High School, which is uh, two A, and we haven't solidified that yet. But that would be a big game for us because I think they're ranked number one in football right now in two A, and all those athletes are on their basketball team. We watched them at the AZ Breps tournament in Prescott. And we're like, that's a team we'd like to play. They're tough. They're, they're gritty. They're fast. I said, that would give us a good battle. Um, but certainly we're going to be up for all the games that, against the bigger schools. Mojave High School's back on this year. First time we ever played uh, them last year, which a game we won on their court. So I'm sure they're going to be wanting to give us a, a favor back this year. Um, but if you look at our schedule, the stars have aligned pretty good for us. We got a lot of home games. I think uh, out of our... 19 games on a schedule. I think 12 or 13 of them are at home this year, which for us is an abnormality. Normally we're on the road because that's just the way Malk always is, but we got a lot of games at home, which is going to help us. That's great. And you talking about all the, I love your whole mindset coach for real, looking at a team like Benson and saying, those kids are tough. They're strong they're quick. We need to play them to get better. Right. Your kids are just going to be in a great spot moving forward. I just got one last question for you, and then we'll get out of here, okay? Because I think that this is this is what I like to think about. Because we watched your game multiple times. We did an episode kind of breaking down some stuff about it. And I was thinking about this. If you could pick any team to meet back at the top in the championship game, who would it be and why? Because I was thinking about, I wonder who, like, you're going back for, like, a back-to-back title run. Who do you want to see, you know? Well, um, let, let's, uh, let's take a look at how the last three title games have gone. If you look at two years ago, um, Fort Thomas lost to Gregory School, which is a perennial powerhouse in 1A. Mm-hmm. Then the next year, they came and they won, and they beat North Valley in the finals. So they lost in the finals, played the next year, and won it. That year, they beat North Valley, who made it to the finals for the first time. And then last year, North Valley went to the finals and won it, okay? I don't know who would be a team I would choose to be there. Of course, I just mentioned North Valley is the gold standard, and I expect them to be in the final game. But quite frankly, it doesn't matter to me who we play, as long as the pattern that I'm seeing repeats itself. You lose in the finals the year before, you grind it out throughout the season and you're ready for that final game again and you win it. And if we're able to put that together, no matter who it's against, um, our school uh, it would be the first time that they ever raise a banner for a, a state title in basketball. And that would be an accomplishment that these kids could, uh, their legacy would be solidified by. It would be so cool to see a championship game rematch between you and North Valley. I'm just saying as a fan, that'd be so fun to watch. Well, they're a different team this year. They're, they they lost a lot of good players, but they reloaded. I sort of watched some of their games. They played some summer ball in Louisiana, and I saw that they were um, they had some new kids, and some of their kids that they had last year are going to be primary players. They're going to be tough. I'm telling you, just because they lost players doesn't mean they're going to be down. Uh, I believe they'll be right there at the end with us, and it could very well come down to us again. 
That's going to be fun to watch, man. I cannot wait to see how the season goes out. Coach, thank you so much for hopping on the show with us. We're so excited to follow your team this year and just to see where you guys end up, man. It's going to be sweet. Well, so are we. Uh, we're anticipating training camp breaks right after Halloween. And uh, from then, then on, from then until the end of February, it's all business for us. And we hope to uh, maybe have you up for a game uh, in our gym. We have a really awesome atmosphere in our gym. Uh, our, our school does a great job with um, the atmosphere and, and it's, it's exciting. Or we'll see you down in Phoenix when we come down there. Hey, that'd be so cool, Coach. That's awesome. Thanks, man. And All right. For everybody listening, we're going to get out of here, but be on the lookout for our next episode on Monday as we preview the first week of hoops. We know you guys are so excited to tune into that. We're excited to just cover some of those games and preview them. This is definitely one that we're going to be looking at with Mojave Accelerated versus Lee Williams. Thank you guys for supporting the Arizona Small Ball Podcast and be sure to like and follow the show. Drop a review for us on Apple Podcasts if you want to show some love and we'll catch you guys all next time.